Hey, welcome to Panoptivox number six. Um, I'm joined this week by Graham Crawford, who is just a swell guy. It's always a pleasure to talk to Graham. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's strange circumstances brought us together this time. So we talked about Graham's history of activism, queer activism, going back to Toronto in the 80s after the, um, the bathhouse raids and that kind of stuff. And Graham has been paying a great deal of attention to how the police have behave, been behaving throughout all of this and, and offers some pretty good thoughts on that as well as his thoughts about his meeting with the police chief. Uh, there was a, a group meeting there last week and um, you'll notice that the audio is a little bit uh, tweaky and you'll probably hear um, you know me taking big deep breaths in throughout the entire thing. It's a uh, the mic level for Graham was super low so I, I just boosted it up and don't have time to properly fix every little bit of it but uh, if you'll forgive hearing me breathe every once in a while that'd be great. Anyway thanks for listening check it out. One of the weirdest things about doing this whole deal is every week I post up the podcast yeah, no, I, and I follow. I'm so glad you're listening and like a dozen people click like, and right. maybe a couple people click share and it's lovely, lovely. I'm glad there's even a single person listening. Don't get me wrong. But then I, I post a photo of me wearing the lovely Blackbird dress that I've chosen for the episode and, and Blackbird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 250 yeah, likes really. and i'm like thank you for all of the validation but also click the link yeah, click the link exactly well. we're saying good things yeah <sighs> graham crawford thank you oh it's so wonderful to have you here it's we needed to get the elderly white fellows perspective <laughs> elderly queer white um You've been, I like the word activisting. You, yeah. you, you've been what people would call a queer activist for longer than I've been alive, maybe? Well, 40 it's years. 40 years? 1980. Yeah. Which is the same year I came out. Ah, well, yeah. bravo. Yeah, well, thanks. And, uh, and then the next year, and very early the next year, the Bath Toronto. I, I was in Toronto at the time. I yeah. grew up in Hamilton. Uh -huh. But I moved to Toronto when I came out mm -hmm. in 1980. Sure, safer. Well, there was also, there must have been, I'm sure, a scene here in 1980. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was a steel town. And yeah. There weren't any bars uh, to speak of. I mean, mm -hmm. Maybe of a, of a certain night you could go to the, uh, I've even forgotten the name of it now, but it was a terminal towers. <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm. it was at the Linder Bar, I think it was called. I yeah, remember. Um, went to Toronto and came out, and then the bath rates happened uh, in February yeah. of the following year. And as much as I wasn't a bathhouse user, uh -huh. I knew tons of guys sure. who were. It's a community thing. There was a very shortage of communities. Of sure, users. Uh -huh. And then when that happened, just the you know, this is what happened to a lot of us at the time. It's the injustice of it all. Yeah. Caused us to say, I need to take a risk because, as much as I was quote out within my community, mm -hmm. I wasn't out. You weren't broadcasting it constantly, well, sure. No, because employment was, you know, then you could lose your job. Yeah. Um, and even legally at the time, you could. Well, legally, I wasn't worried about uh, that so much. Uh, but it was because I was in a consultant with sure. clients. Mm -hmm. You can't count on every client back yeah. in 1981 saying, no problem. Uh. Oh, you can't even these days. Well, no, yeah. no. Um, so, but it was so bad, and it, the injustice was so great that I went to my first demonstration uh -huh. ever, and it happened to be the big one. Yeah. Um, 
where uh, the march happened, and uh, and I got my taste of what it was like to stand up against hate. Sure. Uh, and quite frankly, against the police. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that became a very big deal and is one of the like centers of why Pride in Toronto was such a, a big, huge, important thing. Yeah, I, I attended the first Pride Right uh-huh. in Toronto, yeah. and I had a table booth, and nice. I was with other people. So, uh-huh. so my activism took sort of formal nice. form, if you uh-huh. will, uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Results from that stuff. I, I mean, there's growth of community that's happened in Toronto along that. Um, you know, I've been an outsider, but m- my first experience in Toronto as an adult was Pride. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't even know that it was happening. I, I'd gone down to look for an apartment. I was going to go to school yeah. and, um, and and booked a room at the Delta Chelsea, as you yeah. do, and didn't think anything of it. Show up at the Delta Chelsea, walk out the front door with my buddy. Yeah. Sea of gay. Just a crazed yeah. sea of wild gay. And, and it was like this amazing vibe. And I like wanted to be there yeah. in it. and And just... As a first proper experience of Toronto culture, I was like, oh, this is for me. And and what a wondrous thing. So a big community has developed and and the village has, you know, grown in in like uh, as well. And and it's it's, fully gentrified now, of course, and expensive to live in. But But that's that's what happens. Yep. The relationship with the police, was there ever a formal apology from them for that? Or, um, you know, I unfortunately, I, I, I'm guessing, I, I uh-huh. was saying yes, but certainly not quickly. Yeah, I think it happened years later, but I, but I'm not even to be honest with you, I'm not uh-huh. 100% sure of that. What I do know is my involvement, uh, I joined a group called the Right to Privacy Committee, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a grassroots organization. That uh, you know, by the end of well, I guess probably within twelve to fourteen months, there were twelve hundred members. Yeah, and remember, this is this predates email. Sure, and let alone social media. Yeah, which means the only way to organize was telephone uh-huh. or bars. Yeah, or like literally bumping into somebody well, on the street and yes. come here. Come here, and you can uh-huh. do flyers and leaflets. Yeah. So 1,200 members. Um, there were other organizations in the community as well. We all came together mm-hmm. um, to, to fight this oppression. I spoke at the uh, Toronto Police Service Board, got shouted down by some old fart board member because uh-huh. I was using the term gay. Yeah, I mean, literally. Uh-huh. Was, and he was harumphing and saying, it's a perfectly good word, and why should you people... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. were, this is what we were yeah. dating back then. You've stolen the happiness with well, your queerness. Get over yourself. Uh-huh. Thousands of other words use those. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a founding member uh, as, as part of the organization, the Right Privacy Committee. There were probably 20 organizations that began the... Um, Gay Community Council in Toronto. Yeah. And one of the things I've reflected on recently, since Pride, Pride Violence in Hamilton, mm-hmm. is back then when we formed the Gay Community Council, everybody who sat around that table, there's going to be 20 faces at least, mm-hmm. they either look like me or they look like, you know, a stereotypical 
you know, lesbian. Mm-hmm. You know, it became two types, it seemed. Yeah. Uh, the trans community was not evident mm-hmm. in Toronto. Yeah. It uh, wasn't talked about, I have to be honest, it just sure. wasn't. Um, certainly the bars I went to, in fact, there, I, there were no trans bars that mm-hmm. I was aware of. Uh-huh. Even in the mid '90s, when I was in Toronto, that was just like just a little bit. I knew a handful of trans friends, and you know, because I had my own curiosities at the time, and you know, just trying to explore that community, it was very closed. But I knew where the safe place was, and then it was in the village. True, yeah, and that's and that, of course, is within the gay village. Uh, It it was a safe haven. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, generally, I mean, cars would go by, and you had to. Watch, watch out, make sure things were okay. Yeah. But you did feel pretty safe when you were in the building. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I went to lots of bars. The Toronto had tons of them uh-huh. back in the early 80s, uh, gay bars. Um, even Saturday afternoons. You know, yeah. Dances and stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, fast forward 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to talk about as much about it as yeah, yeah. Fast forward 40 years. Hamilton, I'm 65 years old now. Uh-huh. And... Uh, there are no safe spaces in the city. Yeah. There are no gay bars of any kind. Uh-huh. Uh, coffee shops, meeting spaces, really. Zero, nothing at all. Zero. Yeah. Uh, there's a recent report done by Mac about this. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is one of the key things we need to change. Yeah. Um, and goodness knows, there's real estate. I mean, uh-huh. It takes some willpower and some money. It's... it's we we've seen some things come up and like nice little restaurants like what was it the steel i can't oh, even remember yeah, yeah, yeah. down down by the police station yeah yeah which i and, went to a few times yeah, yeah lovely place and i guess they just didn't get the support that they needed to keep it going which is unfortunate it is unfortunate you know. it's cuz cuz you want it you want for for me at that time i was like my god am i ever desperate for a place where i can go and just be you know, now I'm like not giving a fuck at all. And, and, and that's healthier for me at the moment, but it's also scary. Yes. Because I mean, this isn't just an issue of sort of social comfort. It's Uh an issue of safety. Yeah. Uh, as you know, and somebody like me, I, I basically have nothing to worry about. Sure. Well, actually that's the thing I wanted to circle back around to because like the fight back in the day was, you know, like it it was a white gay guy fight and it was, uh, you know, the typical looking lesbian, as you said, fight. And yeah. And and that's awesome. And I feel like there's a whole segment of that community that has this feeling like, well, we won and everything's fine. And, and, Oh no! You guys are just complainers. But some of them are living in Hamilton, right? Now. Yeah, and some of them have names people know. Oh, I, for I sure. Don't use them. Yeah, but they're. But I know uh-huh. some of them. It's I just mean, they're not friends of mine, but I know who they are, and they've also sent messages to people I know, uh-huh. basically doing it tut 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 tut. Yeah, and it's like you are so out of touch. You think you think we're safe because because you guys can have dinner parties. Yeah, you know, I I meet a I met a ton of new people uh-huh. since the Pride Day violence, um, who I admire, uh, I respect, I listen to, mm-hmm. I share ideas with, and who have provided insights for me. Yeah, who you know that basically I'm I'm you know I'm a white establishment retired uh-huh. business person who is also queer. No, I stood on the front lines. Uh-huh. I, I fought those battles. Sure, I'm proud I did. Um, 
But at the end of the day, if I walk out of my front door, mm-hmm. nobody says, aha, I know what you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm not hiding. Mm-hmm. But you, know, you know what it's like? You can, sure. unless you're talking to someone and saying, I'd like to talk about this topic. Yeah. They don't know uh-huh. about me. Sure. But it's all the more reason why people like me mm-hmm. should be out on the front lines with people exactly. who are much younger. I mean, well, it's, I'm, it's utilizing your privilege, like, you know, precise. as much of it That's as exactly. you do have a little bit, you know, and hard fought for. Yeah. And uh, and that's so. Thank you, by the way, oh, for first yeah, doing that and, and stepping yeah. up. Yeah, because I, I mean, you're somebody that can garner some attention and get on the radio and and publish articles well, and I, things. I, I am happy and proud uh-huh. to say that I'm Hamilton Citizen of the Year yeah. this year. And, and that's uh, a phenomenal so that's kind thing. Of good, and yeah. I want to use that voice. Uh-huh. I mean, not that it provides you a platform, but it but it means that. Others. It means that you're not an asshole at the very well, least. Yes, at least. Although some debate that. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I didn't nominate myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm at, you know, I can honestly say that I was nominated by straight white guys sure. who I respect and yeah. who are, you know, in touch and understand. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm very pleased about that. Um, but, you know, but I just feel it's important for all of us. Uh, no matter uh, our circumstances, oh. to stand together. I, it also makes me very proud that when I go to, when I am able to attend these rallies, mm-hmm. uh, the city hall forecourt, there's a lot of straight friends sure. who come. Yeah. Um, they don't have to, uh-huh. uh, but they do because they understand the issue. This is a, this is hate in Hamilton. It's a big, bloody issue. And it's funny. Uh, yeah. And it's, so I mean, a year and a half ago, I was figuring out my next steps yeah. and, and I had to move. I, I just, you know, I used to live down on Birch Avenue here by Barton and I was like, oh no, I can't do this here. I, I can't even go to the bus stop and feel okay. And so I moved out to Dundas. It's lovely. Everything's fine. I come into the city, like we're in the city of Hamilton right now. Yeah. And, and it's mostly okay. Yeah. But, but I knew that there was a thing going on. Didn't know. It's the, it's the nobody gives a fuck that I didn't know. You know, it's the the police and the mayor and most of council just genuinely not giving a fuck at all that I, that that shocked me. Yeah, which makes it worse. Yeah. Well, it's uh, because you want to think that somebody somewhere has your back and that, you know, the battles that you fought over the years meant something, you know, and and uh, and. I don't like thinking of Hamilton as backwards compared to Toronto. Like it's, it's yeah, I love it here. It's it's a very special city, and I, I always say that you know Hamilton succeeds in spite of itself because of its wonderful people. But but some of them. Eh. Well, no, I mean we should not be proud of the fact yeah. uh, uh-huh. that we're number one in terms of uh, number of hate crimes per capita yeah. in the country. Uh-huh. Number one, and and seeing like the number two and the number three over the last couple of years, uh, these aren't even close to you know people. I I know 
how many people report as as compared to how many people just tell me Correct. Yeah. about a hate crime happening and you know just my my inbox uh it's actually very upsetting people feel really free to talk to me about when certain things happen so sometimes my inbox becomes a little bit jammed up with this kind of stuff and it's like you're playing a very important and special role in the community right now and i don't know that you thought you were going to but you I, are. I have no idea about that um and, and and I hope that I can at least be helpful to people yeah. sometimes, and and that's great. But I, I like talking to people when they've had these kinds of experiences, just yeah. to try to help them put it into a context, or you know, understand that yeah, that shit happens to me too. Fuck, you know. I speak to more people that get hate thrown at them than is reported. Yes by the police in Hamilton, um, which tells me, like, I know a couple thousand people, you know, and a couple hundred of them think that I'm cool and want to talk to me. So my reach in this city is, is like, it's not nothing, but it isn't massive. And I'm seeing these numbers. Yeah, too many. Way too many. So, like, the actual numbers of, of hate incidents happening in Hamilton have to be, ugh, like... I can't even well, imagine a number to it. Well, and again, I'm not experiencing that, but I'm uh-huh. learning about it from many of the people I'm now meeting yeah. through what's happening in Hamilton sure. right now. And the mayor of Hamilton, Fred Eisenberg, uh-huh. when that StatsCan report came out and said we are number one, he had the audacity to put in his media release that that might be because the police are more open, like done outreach, mm-hmm. and people are feeling more comfortable reporting. It's like, yeah. what planet are you from, Fred? Uh-huh. That is not why this happened, because as you just said, yeah. the, the number of, of hate crimes that go unreported well, committed. Yeah, I would say it's not an order of magnitude. It's several orders of magnitude bigger. But the fact that the mayor is so tone deaf uh-huh. That he would try and squeeze that into a media release. Yep. Uh, I, it just it upset me, dear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wall. Yeah. But it's, but unfortunately, it's just a series of mistakes. And I, and I by the way, uh, you know, the forty years of activism mm-hmm. uh, and, and gay activism, as I used to label it sure. by itself at the time, um, has come back to me, and it's like this. One of the things that I find most troubling, particularly as it relates to the Hamilton Police Service, is the difference between what was happening 40 years ago to me and to my friends Mm -hmm. in Toronto is not even slightly different from what's happening to people and my friends in Hamilton, Uh people I now call my friends in Hamilton. Um, That's deeply troubling. That's 40 years. That's a generation of police officers. Mm -hmm. And yet we're still doing the same stuff. And so you you kind of get a little pessimistic about what is it going to take to change a paramilitary culture? Mm -hmm. And then I sat down just... Days ago, last week, yeah. Thursday night, with uh, with about a dozen others from our community, with the chief of police and the deputy, mm-hmm. and other police service people, and uh, I was horrified at the, how they behaved and what how they answered or or dodged questions. Mm-hmm. I think some people were a little, maybe a little more trusting, and or I don't know if they're naive. I don't. I don't. Or I don't call it hopeful, don't, even. Yeah, but. 
I've seen enough of this. Uh huh. And I saw it again on Thursday night. Yeah. And I find it deeply troubling. It's it seems like there's we're gonna do something, we're against this. No. Not really. They're not doing anything other than saying they're against it or want to do better. Saying that you want to do better. Well, that, that's that's well, lovely. Doesn't, sure. doesn't want to do that. Uh-huh. In fact, I, I said to the chief directly in, at the meeting, may I suggest you lay off the phrase, uh, are we perfect? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a phrase that Chris Murray, our ex-city manager, mm-hmm. used to use like every 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, Stop saying it. It just uses up words. It means nothing. Uh-huh. Who is going to say, I'm perfect? Uh, am I perfect? Yes. No one's ever uh-huh. said that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the, it's, know, it's like, I, don't uh, know, I have a pet peeve phrase, which is, let me be honest with you. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, wait, wait, weren't you a moment ago? What have you been doing for 40 minutes? <laughs> exactly. Right? Oh, so it, these, these Homer Green Curve statements they, they, they're just not worth they're not worth listening yeah. um, they, they need to the police need to take some kind of action to mm-hmm. prove that they must here's something I do want to share with you and your, your audience sure. so I'm at the meeting on Thursday with as I said a dozen others from our community there's probably 20 flip chart pages full of notes yeah. I turn to the chief and the deputy and I say let me ask you is there anything up on, on those flip chart pages that's news to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, because if if there is, because I listened to I was there, yeah. so I know what was on uh-huh. the charts, um, you haven't been listening hard enough. And they admitted that no, none of it was new. Sure. So then the question is, so why do you want another meeting? Why mm-hmm. do you do something? Yeah, if you know about all of these issues, all how are they not being yeah. worked on? These are not therapy sessions for us. Yeah. They're learning sessions for you. And apparently you already learned all this stuff, mm-hmm. but you're not applying your learning. Yeah. This is, we need to pay attention to this because this is a problem. Uh-huh. And we have the, the chair of the Hamilton Police Service Board is Fred Eisenberg, mm-hmm. the, the, the mayor who every chance he gets puts in an our cops or tops. Yep. Plug. Hamilton for all. Yeah. Hamilton for all. And and Hamilton has no place. There's no place in Hamilton for hate. Well, except the forecourt of yep. City Hall, uh-huh. the streets of Hamilton. Front page uh, of the spec sometimes, you know, these kinds of things. Exactly. Yeah. It's like stop saying this stuff and start doing something. Yeah. We're not gonna fit no matter what they do, no matter how brilliantly they step up to this, mm-hmm. this isn't gonna get fixed in three months. But I guarantee you this. If your strategy is to have a year-long seminar series, the, you know, the listening wow. tour, uh-huh. nothing will change. Yeah. Well, that's – so you're referencing um, Mayor Eisenberger's plan that was put forth uh, after his meetings of the other day. And it's it's Mayor Eisenberger's town hall. Mayor Eisen- there's, there's one thing that indicates listening and about five or six things that indicate him broadcasting things. And I, I noticed – I, when there's when there's a you know the the community let's let's just put that in quotes the community yes. is, is meeting with the police chief and the community is meeting with you know because that's how it's positioned yes. interesting that um, is meeting with the mayor and then you know there's really great press release immediately afterwards from both the mayor and from the police chief and you know a little bit of shared language in there so you're like oh okay. Sure. Not not gonna dig into that too much, but 
it struck me as just we've created an opportunity to put forth these two pieces of paper or these two digital things to say, we're doing our jobs. Here it is. This is the proof that you need that we're doing the thing while we're, we're consulting. And well, that's that's not any better than what they did before. You know, and it's not any different. It's even worse because it's insulting. Those, particularly the, the mayor's media releases, I've said publicly, I think those things look like they could have been written three months ago and put in a drawer. Sure. And pulled out because they yeah. don't reference that meeting mm-hmm. or what just happened. Oh, yeah. They're so generic that they're meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether Fred you know, signs off on them, I don't even know. But somebody's churning this stuff out. Uh-huh. I think this stuff is written before the meeting. It has to be because there's nothing in there about what happened. No. Zero mention. And and that's true of of all of these things that we've seen going back, you know, back to Pride uh, months ago. And 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 I feel like and I don't want to say that you were used. Be, but but the the you know I, I think it was good that you went to that meeting and I was glad of it and uh, I I had a meeting scheduled with uh, Mayor Eisenberger a couple of months ago uh, after you know kicking up a big fuss for a little bit and I canceled it at the last minute I, I like sent them a you know a message midnight the night before it really pissed them off it seems but you know fuck that whatever. And I canceled it because I felt like I was about to be used yeah. to be like, well, we're talking to people who represent. I'm like, I don't represent anybody. I, I represent me fairly well. So I didn't want to give them the opportunity to say this. We're doing our job now and this is how we're doing it. And see, there's Dakota. Right. And I was listed on the list of attendees for the police but uh-huh. as an individual. So I don't represent a group. I sure. don't belong to an organization. Uh, and nor would I pretend. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this to you because I was very cautious. And, and well, I, I saw your not demands, but uh, your questions back about you know oh, things you wanted to know. Stuff. I mean, I was well. You know how to take a meeting. Well, but also, I mean, this kind uh-huh. of thing during a civic crisis in an emotionally charged context, they send out an email. The salutation says hello. What is this spam? Uh-huh. Hello? Like, what are you, you didn't send this to 30,000 people. Couldn't you at least put my name at the top to do yeah. that? Number, number two, here's our two day, dates, mm-hmm. and they're in the middle of the afternoon. Uh-huh. Does anybody work in the, during the day? Sure. Uh, you know, that might not be convenient mm-hmm. for, for people. Um, did anybody ask? No. Location to be determined. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? I mean, don't mm-hmm. you understand? That, remember, this is the same police force that couldn't understand why Pride didn't want a recruitment booth with people in full <clears throat> uniform and weapons uh-huh. um, standing in the midst of, of the Pride mm-hmm. celebration. Well, that's the weird thing about that is that they've literally never had one. No, they did. They did had, they? Was it like I a decade ago this, or something? I just learned this Thursday uh-huh. night. So you and I, if, if I hadn't gone this Thursday, sure. I wouldn't have known. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. No, apparently there was... A couple of years where they did have a recruitment booth, uh-huh. but that was some years ago. Yeah. Because um, not in the time that I've been going to Hamilton Pride at all. Well, and of course, as someone who, you know, to, Toronto, uh-huh. I'm Hamiltonian, but Toronto Pride went sure. first and battles with police and so on. Of course, this eventually happened in Toronto as well. I thought, what part of history didn't you read? Uh-huh. This is not, the, this is not what, what we should be doing. Yeah. 
why are you trying to recruit us? Or are you just trying to be in our midst? Uh-huh. Who knows? But I didn't want to be used as a poem. Um, I wanted to be able to ask questions of the chief and the deputy. Mm-hmm. So did some others who attended, and that's yeah. exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Well, I was very glad to see Laura Kuji show up for oh, it as Laura well. Yeah. Nice. But, uh-huh. By the way, I mean, we're not supposed to. Oh, mention, yeah, sure. Well, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not supposed to mention yep. who else was there. Uh, but I already said it, and I'm going to say it again. Uh-huh. Laura was amazing. Awesome. Um, I mean, there's somebody who just gets it. Totally. Just gets it. Then there were others, people mm-hmm. outside me, yeah. just around the corner from me, and who get it. Mm-hmm. And they did not hold back. And none of that has been presented yet. I'm, I'm still working on my. I promised I'd do a report to the to the community for mm-hmm. once. them again, just as a, just as Graham, yeah, just as an individual, what I experienced at that meeting on Thursday, uh-huh. and I haven't actually posted it yet, yeah, because I want to make sure it's just as precise. Let it percolate through the brain, sure. Yeah. But I took extensive notes. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm good at that. Yeah. I did it for a living in a sense. Because uh-huh. you can't be a good consultant unless you can observe. Yeah. And also remember. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to say. And there were there were things that we did get out of that meeting. And not about, about progress. Uh-huh. But about what they did or did not do and or are prepared to talk about. Uh-huh. So, for example, let me give you one. Sure. This will be this it's already in my draft. We asked the deputy about the safe space meeting, the community meeting that people were invited to in council chambers mm-hmm. just days after the pride violence. Yep. And there were only two police officers there. Mm-hmm. Deputy Chief Bergen was there, yeah. and the head of the hate crimes division was uh-huh. there. Uh, uh, Corrigan, I think is mm-hmm. his name. And it was at that meeting that uh, Cedar Hoppington mm-hmm. commented, like other people did. And um, and it was, of course, very shortly thereafter mm-hmm. that Cedar was arrested. Sure. Well, there's only two police officers present. Mm-hmm. It wasn't streamed. It wasn't recorded. There was no media. Yep. No names were you, uh, asked for. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to use your name, you could. But I wasn't there because I was out of the country. Uh, but, I, but I've talked to a lot of people about details because mm-hmm. this is important. And I asked Frank Bird, was it you? Uh-huh. Because you, that is a decision you would have to make in a safe space meeting. Yep. The deputy chief of the Hamilton Police Service, mm-hmm. in the, in, within the context of an emerging civic crisis, decides to charge uh, Cedar. Yep. And he said, it wasn't me. Uh-huh. And I said, so that it must have been Corrigan, the head of your hate crimes. Yeah. And then the chief stepped in and gave some, which he's really good at, uh-huh. bureaucratic doublespeak, yeah. not answering anything, uh-huh. talking a lot. You, word count is high. Uh, the meaning is low. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we can conclude, therefore, sure. the head of the hate crimes division is the one who... And yeah. I said to the chief, uh-huh. and you approve this, because don't tell me that people are going rogue. Huh? Yes. That, it's, oh, this uh-huh. is what happened. This is, and, and then we've got people saying, oh, she's largely positive and everybody's hopeful. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. 
time out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what meeting you went to. It might have been for some, mm-hmm. but there was a bunch of us who were asking mm-hmm. these kinds of questions sure. and getting those kinds of bad answers. Uh-huh. I'm talking a lot. But, uh, no, no, that's because uh, this is a thing that I'm curious about. I, I had heard that it was the head of the hate crimes thing, and I had also heard that there were undercover police officers present. Oh. Uncertain about that. It's uh, in my purse. Front panel of my purse. Sorry, batteries. Um, yeah, my batteries are dying. I, I, I was really shocked when the uh, announcement a, a week, week and a half after Pride about the the first arrest. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, relating to the pride violence, I was like, saw the headline. I was like, oh, look, they're, they're, yes. Maybe they get this. Maybe because I, I watched that video a lot, and there's a lot of very direct assaults. You the video. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, to my own detriment, I'm well, sure. Not, yeah, um, but I'll recognize any of those guys if I ever see them. Um, I I was astounded to see that it was Cedar Hopperton, and and I mean, so Cedar's a known quantity in Hamilton because of the relation to uh, the Lock Street incident, which I, I see your smile there. I, I don't think Cedar did anything with regards to the Lock Street incident, but that's a whole thing that I need to investigate separately. I think Cedar just had a book fair that had a flyer at it and yeah. somehow took the fall. I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to say, yeah. many people I know in the business mm-hmm. community have mentioned this to me. Yeah. What about Lock Street? What about, I said, sure. what about Lock Street? Yeah. Can you not compartmentalize that? Totally. I'm not going to discuss Lock Street uh-huh. because I know I couldn't convince you. So, but that was then and that was that. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about free speech in a safe space sure. meeting at which the, the police monitored mm-hmm. and used safe space comments yeah. to arrest someone. Uh-huh. You want to, let's talk about that. Sure. Well, it's, we'll go back to that in a minute, <laughs> but, but I agree. Um, when they announced, they, they said we're arresting Cedar Hopperton in connection with the events at Pride. And they tried to push this idea that Cedar was at Pride. I, well, I was there. I, I didn't see Cedar Hopperton at Pride. I know what Cedar looks like at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Cedar's a person that would stand out to me because I would love to have a conversation with Cedar. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to get, it, get them for this series. Um, but... I, I was shocked that they were saying, well, Cedar was one of the pink ninjas and this is, you know, this can't go on if you're on probation or parole or whatever. Um, and that's who they're arresting relating to that. And it, for a moment I was like, okay, well maybe Cedar was there and was sneaky, even though everybody's saying maybe, maybe, maybe the police know better than me. Maybe they're investigating and, and that's what they've got to do. But no, they were they were lying. Like that's a straight up one hundred percent lie. I mean, a parole board almost always sides with police. Yeah. Even they sure. said, "Uh uh-uh. uh, yeah, you don't have any evidence here that uh-huh. Cedar was deprived." Next, yeah. Oh well, Cedar spoke at. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it, but. So they were grasping at straws, and the straws did work in, in you know, further jailing. Blame everything on the anarchists. It's the thing. Yeah. It's the construct. It's it's the police and mayoral, in my opinion, mm-hmm. 
uh, narrative that they're they're pushing. In. Yeah, well, I think they're operating in lockstep here. Oh, I think there's a, a lot of back-channel communication between the police and the mayor. And, and well, the this. He's the chair sure. of the services. Oh. Uh, I mean, talk about con- conflicted. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fred should step down. Uh-huh. I mean, I know the mayor gets a seat on the board automatically, mm-hmm. but the mayor doesn't get the chair seat yeah. unless, in this case, he chooses. And mm-hmm. says, that's I want to be the chair. Yeah. He should not be the chair. Uh-huh. He shouldn't have taken it, and he absolutely shouldn't stay there. Mm-hmm. But he will, because yep. he's, he's stubborn Fred, and I've known Fred for years. Mm-hmm. He's not going to step down. What? The thing that I keep getting from him, and, you know, paid a lot of attention to him over the years, is he gets a little, 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 little bit of fire in his belly during election time, and then he's just does not care yeah. about almost anything throughout his run as mayor each time. And then a little bit of fire to get stove with that fire during It's uh, you know, I think he, he won the last election just by being the LRT candidate. Well there's no question. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, I supported him. I endorsed him. I was in his brochure. Mm-hmm. I gave him money. Yeah. I had a, his sign on my front lawn. And it was because of LRT. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was a terrible person. No. Uh, I, th- I think he's not a great leader. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to worry his silence is causing me to question about the, my, my views about a great person either. Yeah. Because, I mean, at some point, you got to say, well, wait a minute. Uh-huh. People are hurting here. This isn't just a political dialogue. There uh-huh. are people being beaten up in our streets. They're being maltreated by, by other Hamiltonians mm-hmm. and members of the Hamilton Police Service, and you're doing nothing. Yeah. That's not acceptable. Uh-huh. It's <clears throat> there's, there's a thing that I think about, and it, and it comes from you know anarchist folks. I, I think the, the root thinking of this is that... <laughs> Our, def- our common definition of violence is one that, uh, you know, involves the application of fists. Right. And, and we don't think about other ways in which violence can so, hurt you. <clears throat> and, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a, a violence created by, like, the presence of the Yellow Vest at City Hall. And, and that not being a space that I can feel safe or comfortable in, that's a, a violence that's performed against the community, that the, the effects of that are genuine pain and, and genuine fear and concern and intimidation, and, and that these things are uh, violent acts. And, and, uh, and I, I don't say that lightly. It's something I've given a great deal of consideration to over the years. And, and I think that, you know, Yellow vests, preachers at Pride, even if there hadn't been punching happened at Pride, and, and there was plenty enough of that, that that's a, a form of violence against a, an entire community of people that, that sets up intimidation. And if we had... Oh, very much so. Very intentional. Because they knew we yeah. would be there. That's the only reason they were there. Yeah. Well, let's let's look at uh, last year's Pride. Yes. Is, is yes. They, they came and, and they held their signs and chanted a bit mm-hmm. and and the uh, the lovely anarchist folks put up their black barricade and it worked beautifully you know applause that was phenomenal I was so glad they did that and uh, and great results and part of that is that when that occurred 
First of all, I don't think they brought a crew of people that were coming with the intention of directly punching people last year, um, the hate preachers. But also, secondarily, the police stepped in almost immediately. The police were there right on top of things, and they stepped in as quickly as one would expect them to. Mm -hmm. This year, they stood and watched. And told people, based on what I've been told, Mm -hmm. that that was what they were going to do, even when confronted by people in the crowd. Uh No, we're... And people, allegedly, Uh police said... Uh, you didn't want us here, so we're just we're just going to hold back. Yeah. Now, whether that was actually said or not, I don't know. Others will determine whether that's accurate. Uh huh. Well, it's, but the chief said practically the same thing. Uh huh. It's possible. Yeah. I I like to boil things down into uh, simple either or yes. propositions. So it's I don't know. I can't say 100% whether the police are incompetent or if there's a nefarious agenda at hand. It has to be one of those things. Both good choices, right? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I mean, so they either just did a poor job of doing their job at, at Pride this year. And, you know, the results are clear. Teenagers getting punched in the face and, and violence all over the place and repercussions for months afterwards. Or they went there with the agenda of letting a situation develop that, you know, and they had all of the knowledge required in order to do this, letting a situation develop that allowed them to arrest people. And we see who they arrest. You know, one guy they arrested for hitting people with a weapon. He was punching people in the face with a helmet. But later, Uh and after did the same thing in Toronto uh, the next weekend. It could have been stopped. That that those people in Toronto that got assaulted, yeah, got assaulted because they did not lay charges against this guy. Absolutely, the Hamilton police that rested the feet of the Hamilton police service. Yeah, and if they think otherwise, they're dead wrong. Oh. But th- this is where we need to step up, and we need to start challenging them. And Chief Burt needs to be challenged directly and frequently until mm-hmm. he provides answers and changes tactics or steps down. Let's let's be clear. Uh-huh. There, there is a there is a vacuum of leadership here. We we do not. We have a mayor who doesn't want to say anything except cut ribbons and go to sure. go to softball and slow pitch mm-hmm. events and, and tweet. And doesn't want to attend any any discussions about how we deal with hate in Hamilton uh-huh. that are happening right now, put on by residents. Yeah. We don't need to wait for his year-long seminar series. Mm-hmm. We're doing it right now, and he won't come to them. Yeah. So he's not leading. The chief is not leading. The chief hides behind behind this this bureaucratic doublespeak, as I as I speak of, because mm-hmm. directly I hear it on Bill Kelly all the time, sure. although Bill tries to, to get him to speak English, yep. but he doesn't want to. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's when you hear him say something like Twin Spirits and GLBT, it's, I, I feel like that that's that's where you really see the don't give a shit. And and that's, that's what I worry is, is like, there's there's a combo of don't give a shit that's that's mixed with incompetence that's also, mixed with the conspiracy that I'm putting forth. There's also the issue of choice sure. and discretion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things I've done in the last number of weeks, it's two months probably, asked uh. a whole bunch of people I know, and and all of the ones I've asked are basically straight white people with privilege. Uh-huh. So you ever been pulled over by a cop and not given the ticket you knew damn well you deserved? Sure. 
100% said yes. Uh-huh. And I said, well, how did, how did that happen? I know how it happened. Discretion. The officer decided mm-hmm. not to apply the criminal code and probably gave you back your license sure. and said, let's just take a little easy, slow down, let's all get home safe. Yeah. And everybody nods and says, oh, yeah, you know, I've had that one. Uh-huh. But what the police have done here is, of course, you know, um, Cedar gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Woody gets arrested for dancing. Yeah, we'll get back to the Woody thing because you were there. I was there yeah. and thrown in the back of a cruiser mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the back of a sort of plastic enclosed cell with yeah. windows up on a hot day uh-huh. for 40 minutes in a sweat box. The kind of thing cops, if it was in front of Fortino's and it was a dog in there, uh-huh. they would break the window. Sure. But the cops decided to do this, and the chief is endorsing it because yeah. he said nothing about it. Uh-huh. A hate bus pulls up, a weapon driven by some guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you look at his stuff online, oh yeah, it's I like, have. whoa. Not to <clears throat> mention the, the visible stuff on the bus, and the cops chat with him. They made a decision sure. to do that. And then the, the deputy... Uh, gets uh, Woody arrested for parole violation, uh-huh. despite the fact, as I said, that uh, it wasn't him, uh, it was somebody else. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up my stories here. He said to a resident on the forecourt when mm-hmm. Woody had been arrested the, the week, or week before, see, there's Woody over there breaking his parole, but I'm not going to arrest him. I'm going to use my discretion. Uh-huh. Oh, he, this is what he said. And okay. he admitted it on Thursday night because I asked him. Yeah. And I said, what happened, deputy? Did you change your mind or did your officers not obey your orders? And this is what he said. Mm-hmm. He said, I told that resident I wasn't going to arrest Woody today. Yes. I said, really? That's what you That's your sure. excuse? Yeah. We, why? He said, well, I didn't want to disrupt the crowd. So we arrested him the next day quietly. I said, is this about optics? Uh-huh. Is that all you're worried about? Yeah. Uh, and I said, I turned to the chief and I asked him, did you approve this? Because surely the deputy isn't going rogue, is he? Uh-huh. Are, you not, are you two not consulting in the midst of a civic crisis, making public decisions uh-huh. that have an impact on Hamiltonians? I mean, th- this police force... Forgive me, but I, they're out of control. Somebody is not in charge. Uh huh. It's so. My understanding is that. Sorry if I'm working. No, no, no. It's it. It is upsetting because because there's they they. I don't know what Woody's crime was. For the, 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 the 12, the two. Yeah, so I, I, I don't see a crime in either of them. Well, there wasn't. I was there, so it's, there for one of them. Yeah, it. Uh, the first one. Yeah, dancing around. Yeah. Surrounded by yellow vests or hateful people or whatever the heck they were. Woody is an incredibly brave person. Yeah. Because he's a slight young man. Uh huh. And he is out there face to face with them. I was there that day, and he's, and whenever the, the red light, whenever the light turned red in front of City Hall, uh-huh. go out into the middle of the crosswalk and dance until the light turned like red. Like having a blast having right in their faces, which is kind faces, of an awesome thing. We're here, we're queer, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then when he, near the end, when he, he did that, he uh-huh. came back, the cops grabbed him. 
and eight officers. I took a photograph that's online and been used by CBC. Oh. I took that photograph. They grabbed him. They didn't cuff him there, but he was. He had, they had pinned his arms behind his back, so he's squirming. Yeah. But he wasn't throwing punches. No. And they dragged it. They dragged, They walked mm-hmm. him to the back. Yeah. Just on the other side of where the hate bus was parked illegally. Mm-hmm. Some of the cops thought that was okay. Sure. Um, and they threw him to the ground, and they cuffed him, and then they threw him in the back yeah. of the cruiser. And here's an important point that I also raised with the chief on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That meant that the eight officers who were standing between the yellow vesters and the neo-Nazis um, who hated us, who hate us uh-huh. and all of us who were standing there and standing up against hate, yeah. were left unprotected. Sure. And, and there was an assault that was committed in that time, is my understanding. And, that, and that's <laughs> police strategy. That's, yeah. that's the science of policing. The, I'm mm-hmm. sorry we can't tell you our tactics because they're too complex or secret. Uh-huh. If I may, bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. It makes uh-huh. me crazy. They're inept and, and they make stuff up on the fly. Yeah. They also, in my opinion, like it, you have to know that if you leave the barrier that you created empty. Mm-hmm. What's the, the likelihood of violence? Does it go up or does it go down or does it stay the same? Yeah. It goes up, of course, and they know that. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. And the, I asked the chief specifically about this and I got, again, bureaucratic doublespeak. Uh-huh. They don't want to answer these questions because this was their plan, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, they made those choices. Uh-huh. If they didn't make those choices, then they are completely incompetent. Yeah. So, incompetent or nefarious, unknown. You're you're a smart fella, and uh, and you've been around and you think about politics. So, so you you're you probably read a thing or two about anarchism. You, you know. I, I have as well, and, it, and I, I'm finding that it's 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 not what people commonly think. And and there's there's an expression of anarchism that uh, that seems to be the common understanding of it is oh let's tear it all down and destroy the world so that we can live in I don't know squalor or something like that. And I've I you know at 18 years old moving into Toronto knew a couple people that felt that way. Let's burn down a McDonald's. Let's do sure. That's a thing that people believe about anarchism. Since then, I've never known anybody that felt that way. And well, I, I've, can I just add one sure. historical point? Back in 1981, uh-huh. the demonstration started in Toronto, and we were doing sit-ins in the middle of Young Wellesley, we were doing marches around Queens Park. Yeah. The anarchists stood with us. Uh-huh. Well, they and, seemed and to consistently. The yeah. They, they were not hidden. We knew that. For sure. They seemed to consistently be the first to step there, up. And, and the labor unions were also there first. Uh-huh. I never forgot that. Yeah. Both. Uh-huh. Um, they were there when it wasn't the easiest thing to be there and then of course more and more people join yeah. us but I just want to make that historical yeah well it's, the it is a, a special thing because my understanding from reading and, and from experiencing people that, that are anarchists is that they like to do good things for the community and uh, and yeah they're they're super uber lefty oh no but they're not tearing down society every once in a while you hear of like some stupid bullshit thing that's been done like 
like you know the gluing of locks or the smashing of a window and stuff like that that's sure and and you know i can't ascribe that to all anarchists any more than i can ascribe hate crimes to all conservatives or something like that but the common understanding is that you know these are people that are threatening the fabric of our society you know it's like the red scare of the 50s in america <clears throat> and it's and throughout Throughout a, a number of years of being involved in activism, you see things like the G20 G8 summit in Toronto happen. Yeah. I knew a bunch of people that were there and and a bunch of people connected to people who were there and I've spoken with people in, over the years. I don't think the majority of black block, quote unquote, things that happened at that were actually committed by people who were actual anarchists. I, I think that there was a another arrest thing there. Yeah. But I, you know, there are some people who will listen to what we've discussed so sure. far and say, well, those two sound like anarchists. Oh, goodness, yes. Um, so the, the, the why? Because we're challenging power. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to what anarchists, people who define themselves, self-define as anarchists, and hear them talk about power, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, generally speaking, am completely aligned with that. Yeah. The abuse of power. Uh -huh. um, and the day-to-day -day and obvious abuse of power. Because I'm seeing it in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that, that I believe Cedar was talking about. The, to be arrested. Well, it's um, like I, I wouldn't be able to do an exact quote, but it sounded like <clears throat> Cedar was encouraging the community to understand its own strengths um, and and have the ability to commit violence. So it sounds like you know, learn self defense so that you can make the choice to be nonviolent and and have that choice be a meaningful thing i mean that's the smartest thing i've heard anybody say throughout this whole damn thing really and and i don't know if they misunderstood it it would be really really stupid if they did it, it brings us back to that either or thing either well, they're incompetent in understanding those words yeah because let's let's give them quote the benefit of the doubt sure say they heard it differently than you right yeah and so therefore what arrest Cedar. Uh -huh. I mean, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association got involved and said, wait a minute, sure. this is, you've crossed the line here. Uh -huh. um, so we have the deputy, the hate crimes person, and the chief yeah. deciding this would be a good thing. This will help bring our community together. Really? Yeah. They decided, the criminal code did not decide for them, which is mm -hmm. what Chief Gert always hides behind, yeah. as if the criminal code is running the police department. It's uh -huh. their guidebook. It's not their culture. The chief is responsible for the culture of the Hamilton Police Service, and he's doing a terrible job of it, or maybe he's doing an excellent job of it, depending on which culture he's picking. Mm -hmm. Well, he's picked the wrong culture as far as I'm concerned, and the kind of suffering I'm seeing in my community upsets me greatly, and it's coming out of my voice, sure. and I can hear that. Yeah. But, but it, it, people think that I, I'm full of hate because I say these things. No, I'm full of a, a desire for justice. There's a uh -huh. big difference. Yeah. But I, I get caught up in the same thing every once in a while. People, oh my gosh, she cursed. Well, she must be so mad. And look, she's. Um, there's maintaining the status quo 
you know, is a is a very you know liberal position, uh, not political liberal, but no, like no. the overall liberal position, and uh, you know, good environments for business, good environments for happy, healthy families to do their thing, and well, maintaining the status quo means continuing to allow hateful things to have occurred, and and that's why I object to the status quo. Is like it's it's not good enough. We're not there yet. If if there was ever a stable place for society to be, it we're hundreds of years away from that. And and you just have to look around with a little touch of empathy to, to be able to see such a thing. The goal should be better, better for all. Yeah. The question is defining better and then figuring out how you get there. Uh-huh. But the goal can't be status quo because all you have to do is look around Hamilton. Sure. Take Actually, take I mean, a day and drive around. I don't know how this gets better. And, and and I wonder, like I like I know if if I was given a magic wand and could do all of the things in order to make it all better, I, I know what I'd do. I, I'd I'd have the mayor step down and apologize. I'd have the chief of police step down and apologize, and and I'd have some you know powerfully, very carefully designed uh, bylaw in place that defines hate. And, and you look at Toronto, and, and they've done a very good job of of creating law there that defines very specifically hate, so that they can actually deal yeah, with it. Just, just the this. No, this oh, is a, a thing from from quite some oh, time ago, like maybe twelve or thirteen years ago. It could be, yeah. Um, and and Hamilton has no equivalent at all from what I, I'm seeing uh, to the point where they don't have the ability to deal with, you know, actual neo-Nazis who are on staff. They don't have the ability to deal with weekly acts of violence in their forecourt. They don't have the ability to deal with anything. And and that needs to shift. And it's... I'll say, let me give you an example. The... Corrigan, the guy who mm-hmm. even the deputy is basically saying yeah. is the one who decided sure. to, to press charges through the, via the parole board. Oh. I don't understand the exact language one uses, but it's essentially yeah. that. It was his decision. That's the same guy I listened to when I attended police services board meeting and said, if somebody, while you're walking home, pushed you to the ground and started throttling you mm-hmm. and started and let's say you were a person of color and started using the n-word yeah. as he was beating you uh-huh. that's not a hate apparently it is if they do it a couple times whoa like, <sighs> but i mean is this how you're promoting safety and understanding yeah. this, this is the guy who heads up uh-huh. the hate press division sure but, so so let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he he perfectly understands how that gets applied through the judicial system and has paid attention. What that indicates to me is that the interpretations when these kinds of things go to court aren't functioning very well. And and that's a even larger concern than how Hamilton's applying them. That that means that and and, and I think that that is one of the real problems in this is that we have this idea that there is, you know, good hate crime legislation in Canada. We are all safe. Yeah. But and it's I, like, I, I get your point. Uh-huh. The point I want to make is the person who is, is been promoted to the head of the hate crimes division thinks what Cedar did was a hate crime. 
and arrested because violence. It was a parole violation, uh-huh. but apparently the focus was is the very same person who says it's not a hate crime if you're being throttled by someone who's calling in the N word. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then we get down to police discretion. Are you telling me there's nothing you can do? I mean, if that's the case, yeah. then we need, we, need, we need robots on the street. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and the software needs to be uh, the criminal code. Mm-hmm. We don't need anything else. Yeah. Because if you're not going to use your judgment, if you're not going to help the people who are being beaten, let's uh-huh. be beaten. Then we got a big problem. Yeah. Six hundred and nineteen million dollars of the city's budget goes oh. to the Hamilton Police Service and it goes up every single year uh-huh. by somewhere between three, six percent. So that's what percentage of the entire budget? Is it one third? It's almost a third. It's almost a third. That's not so for Toronto's police budget. That's not so for Sudbury's police budget. It's my understanding that in a per capita basis and a per municipal dollar spent that we have the highest police budget in Ontario. It, it, that may very well be the case. Uh-huh. The thing is, if I felt we were getting terrific value for money sure. and people felt safe mm-hmm. and everyone was protected, yeah. not just the right people, uh-huh. but everyone... I think I might say that's okay. Sure. If, it's, if it's expensive to do that, I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. I am not okay with it being expensive when you are ignoring hate problems in this city, among many other things, mm-hmm. and not using your judgment in a way that we can even understand yeah. when we see violence in front of us, literally in the city forecourt. Mm-hmm. You pick the kid. Why? Yeah. What, what were you thinking? Uh-huh. What was the thought process? By the way, one of the things I said to the, the chief on Thursday night, I asked for 60 seconds to tell the story, uh-huh. and they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, chief, I attended Matthew Green's hearing one day. Yeah. This is this is because uh, it was a number of days. I could only go one day, but I went. Mm-hmm. And this was this was the wellness check officer. Yeah, Matthew is you know person sure. of color mm-hmm. in a suit jacket and so on. But just off. seeing if he's okay. Is everything okay. And uh, so I I said his lawyer Matthew's lawyer asked the officer mm-hmm. uh, about his sensitivity and awareness training. Could you remember anything? Uh, from that training. Uh-huh. And the officer said, no. And Blade, uh, Matthew's lawyer, persisted and asked probably a dozen questions. Yeah. Could you give us three highlights? Could you give us one highlight? Can you, could you give us the name of the workshop? Yeah. Do you remember the name of the facilitator? No, 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 no. So nothing. Yeah. And I said to the <clears throat> chief, what did you do after you heard that? Because this was sworn testimony. Mm-hmm. This is the third party stuff. This, there's a transcript. Yeah. And the chief then spun and started talking about all the great training they do, including training for kids with autism, related to kids with autism. Uh-huh. It's like, that's not what I asked you. Yeah. You did nothing is what you did. You did uh-huh. nothing. And if he did, doesn't know about it, then he should know about it. Yeah. The other, the, the senior officers who that officer reports to should have filed a report, and mm-hmm. maybe they did. Yeah. If the deputy doesn't know that we have officers who can't remember a single learning mm-hmm. from sessions, you have, as I said that night, you have a retention and an application problem. 
mm-hmm. and you got to fix it. These are the kinds of actions beyond having meetings and ticking boxes and writing sure. ridiculous media releases. These are the kinds of actions that they need to focus on and fix. Indeed. You can do this stuff. Well, it's, uh, you know, policy-wise, when they introduce these kinds of initiatives, I, I wonder what it means when feet are, are severely dragged. So <laughs> ma- making the decision to um, bring forth the trans protocol, the trans protocol. <laughs> Sounds very important. Um, I'm sure you were really. <laughs> Phew, finally, everybody understands. But so let's say that that's not perfect, but at least it's something. Yeah. Uh, and and that is, you know, two and a half years ago, a decision. And two years ago, they begin implementing it. I like the person that's implementing it. I, I think he does a great job of doing stuff. I, I don't think they've put forth enough resources in order to do this because we hear that um, 1,000, is it, or of 6,000 city employees have taken it. So so that bothered me a little touch. I was like, oh, my gosh, I think you guys could do better at doing the this. Well, that's the problem that, that I have. The leader and of the city while they're taking it. feels like it should be first. It seems like that's yep. a good leadership decision and, to me. And I, I, I don't think anybody from council has, has, you know, stepped up and said, hey, can you hustle this along for me? Because I'd like to be able to make good decisions with an understanding of this community. And, and I'm not just bothered by this because it's personal to me. It's, you know, the city of Hamilton's going to make bad decisions that affect me all the time. So, you know, but I'm bothered that that's a clear indication of just we don't fucking care and and it, and it's not that's not one that i can put down to we're incompetent and it's not one that i can put down to uh you know we want to arrest anarchists or whatever other kind of thing that's literally just straight up we don't fucking care and, and it's not a priority yeah, it's not a priority. We're not going to get to it, even when it's recognized publicly and people say something. Meh, we're not even going to respond. Do you know what else isn't a priority for this council and the one before it and the one before it? Hmm. They don't prioritize continued learning. They do not do this. And uh-huh. We all learn new things. So we don't learn new things just by walking around and breathing. Sure. You actually have to apply yourself. Mm-hmm. And they have a special responsibility in my opinion to show leadership as they learn and share information. Yeah. And they this is avoidance of behavior that is actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. We, we put stuff together that's I, I haven't been on the session, but I'm sure it's good. I know mm-hmm. some of the people involved. I have no reason to believe it isn't excellent. Except no counselors know anything about it either. No, I, I will say there are counselors who I believe will endeavor sure. to attend and learn because they're but they're fresh faces. Uh-huh. These these people these, these people have been on for 20, 25, 35 years. Uh, I don't like what was the last <clears throat> continue continuing learning session you attended, and that wasn't at a, in Las Vegas. Sure. Or, you know, special hotel room in Niagara Falls. or well, yeah. go there for Because uh, <laughs> there are no rooms in that. Yeah. That's yeah, unfortunate. Exactly. Just, you don't have any rooms. Uh-huh. So you got to go to a spa. Yeah. It's everybody. Could have could, could built a stadium to hold that in. God. Um, 
I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you got a meeting to go to. I I don't I don't know how to have hope in this, and 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 that's been a problem for me. Is that every every once in a while, I get bogged down, and and you know. Very, very grateful for the beautiful people in the community that have been reaching out to me and, you know, being helpful and checking on me and stuff like that. You, your experiences with what happened in Toronto, mm-hmm. and and how long that took, and 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 how that played out into the future, which is you know, police still aren't welcome at Pride in Toronto, so it's it's not it's not done. Oh, yes. Is, is this that? Is this we're going through our crisis similar to, you know, not nearly as bad? It's fascinating you ask this. You know, are, are we going to, am I going to see you in 20 years and be like, we're still not there, but it's a little better than it was? Sadly, I don't think they're seeing me in 20 years. Oh, I hope but, so. But however, having said that, but the reason I said fascinating is uh-huh. because I said to, to friends of mine within a couple of weeks of the pride violence and what I saw happening in the community. And I said, at the risk of potentially overstating this, yeah. I think this pride violence might be Hamilton's bathrooms. Yeah. And I, I meant it. Uh-huh. I didn't know what was going to happen. I feel even stronger now. Yeah. The fact is, this is still a news story in Hamilton. Uh, it even makes the front page in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's in mainstream media and social media. People keep coming and showing up yep. to, to stand up against hate. It's not only not over and not dissipating, in my opinion, it's growing. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel good. About the people's reaction About and the what they want to understand. In terms of how our institutions are reacting, I do not feel good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm deeply concerned because... Their intransigence is obvious, yeah. and it's public, and they don't seem to, to care. Uh-huh. Um, so, but if we keep pressuring, because this is what happened in Toronto, and no, it didn't change. Toronto didn't fix it. We're all done. Sure. But I will say this, because I, I was involved on the front lines for several years, uh-huh. not, not just a year. Um, we started to make some progress. Uh, actions were taken. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't view progress as meetings. Mm-hmm. Meetings are things you do. I'm not saying sure. you shouldn't meet. Or it's ever, part of it. Yeah. But it's 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 a, it's, it's not the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police need to start stepping up and declaring what outcomes they're looking to achieve, so we can help them achieve them. Mm-hmm. They don't want to name those outcomes. This is part of the game. Because it so, means. Admitting it, it means admitting, and it's it's all well. We'll put on sessions so you, for therapy for you people, but if none of it's new, they admitted not none of it was new. Yeah. Then why are we doing this? Uh-huh. So you can take a box and you can put on another crappy press release saying what a great coming together. It was so important to take the time. It's like uh-huh. oh, stop it, just shut up. Yeah. Do something. If you if you got six hundred nineteen million bucks by the police and, and Fred Eisenberg is running a two billion or in charge of a two billion dollar corporation, uh-huh. you've got resources. We we're doing it yeah. just because we care. We have no resources, mm-hmm. so step up in this case, boys. Uh-huh. And do something mm-hmm. and show us what you're going to do. Tell us ahead of time, not after the fact. Yeah. Thank you, Graham. Oh, it's, this is great. I, I so appreciate this. 
it it's uh you've given me a great deal to think about and 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 i i like uh i like how these conversations are going i i listen back to them to to, to try to reinstruct myself i'm like you know not that i'm not paying attention to you now i'm just like i could listen to this four times yeah. you know and and learn a thing or two and uh and and thank you for being part of what happened in toronto back in the day i, I think that uh all of that has made things better for a vast number of people over many years and 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 it's deeply appreciated so well, truly I, thank you let me thank my parents for uh-huh. good lefties yeah. so i grew up in a household that talked uh-huh. not not gay stuff for sure uh-huh. that was that was a bit of a problem when i came up yeah. however everything else uh-huh. leaning and justice and so we talked about a lot yeah. i come by honestly mm-hmm. thank you sir Thanks so much. cheers I've been in a car in which the driver told the officer to go fuck himself <laughs> and hurry up with giving me that goddamn ticket so I can get the fuck out of here. And not get... Uh, and he gave him like 15 less. Still. Still a reduced ticket. It's insane. <laughs> okay, well, I've never tried that. <laughs> <laughs> no.